from the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All Joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, it's uh, the 7 o'clock hour. Thank you to the Idala crew for not leaving the studio a complete mess tonight. I mean, sometimes... You know, Imran, you, you know this. Sometimes Samblin leaves all of his garbage sitting around the studio. And, you know, you'd think being the boss, he'd keep a cleaner shop. But uh, tonight he did, so we're we're thankful for that. And uh, not not busting down anybody at all. Uh, anyway, good to see you, sir. Imran Ansari, back uh, co-host for The Legal Night. Uh, your week going okay so far? Yeah, Kevin, it's uh, been a, a busy week. I think we go through this all the time. I don't think I, I, I've had a not busy week for quite some time, but I was down in court, uh, down uh, it, near 60 Center Street while the Trump trial uh, was in po- progress. So I was navigating through the various barricades and whatnot to get to my courtroom. Right. Uh, but it's been a busy week. Well, and we've, we've got some other stories that we were, that I, we put on the list to talk about, but I did want to touch on the Trump case for a second. The judge issued that, um, how, how would you describe it? Like a partial, uh, uh, gag order? And I'm not sure, like, what, you know, what he's allowed to say, what he's not allowed to say. Can you, can you give some clarification on what a partial gag order is and why judges would be inclined to do it? Sure. So a gag order is an order stemming from a, a judge uh, regarding typically a ongoing proceeding directed at a litigant. On a civil case, you could get a gag order if you're a litigant in a civil case. In a criminal case, you can re- receive a gag order. Uh, not only if you're uh, typically it's the defendant, but also the prosecution uh, could be subjected to a gag order. If there's comments uh, that are extrajudicial comments, what does that mean? Uh, it means comments or statements being made outside of the four corners of your legal papers, outside of the four corners of the courtroom, uh, and they are somehow uh, going beyond what should be said while there's an active case uh, in progress. They could be, um, you know, statements that are directed at another party, at the prosecutor, at the courthouse, or it could be just comments regarding the nature of the litigation or prosecution itself, uh, and a judge may find that you, they need to issue an order, uh, a gag order, in order to stop those comments, in order to keep the sanctity or the the uh, uh, the litigation intact without undue influence out in the public. Is that primarily so that the jury doesn't hear things that, that the judge would normally weigh in on. So, for example, um, someone goes and they say to the press, blah, 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 blah. But in the courtroom, they say the same thing, and the judge would say, that's inadmissible, so therefore you must ignore it. it does does the lack of control over the commentary that, that might be expressed, is that what motivates the judge to, to issue it? Uh, correct. So you would have – there's various uh, – you know, considerations that a judge may take into play, uh, or consideration when issuing a gag order. It could be a, the tainting of the jury pool. Uh, it could be just improper comments, uh, which are directed at your adversary or opposing counsel, uh, or by the litigant, um, himself or herself at the other party, uh, that is just not, um, proper to do. And the judge may find that, uh, they need to issue a gag order in order to stop that. You know, one party may be running to the press and making 
making statements about the case that the judge feels are, are going beyond what would be permitted. And in order to sort of maintain the, the order of his or her courtroom, whether it be in the court or outside of the court, they may issue a gag order in order because to stop Because it's affecting the case and the, and the decision makers in the case, specifically the jury. Right. So they, one, of, one of the most important things you, you, in, in a trial is to have a fair and impartial jury. That's what you do during jury selection. You seek out jurors who can be fair and impartial. And if you have a very public case, uh, where, you know, one party or even the attorneys involved are making comments, uh, that the judge then would feel may not be, uh, may taint the jury pool and, uh, you know, cause, uh, you know, one to have the risk of not getting a fair and impartial jury, um, then, you know, they may issue a gag order because the case should be tried in the court of law rather than the court of public opinion. Right. Well, okay. So given that that's the case, uh, this judge issued what is being described in the press as a partial gag order. Now, how can you, what, what is a partial gag order? Is it, does it relate to only certain subject matter, specific people? And how, how specific did the judge get? Sure. So, um, this is a limitation on certain matters or certain content or statements that can be made. And that order, um, was specific and it was, it, it was limited, right? So it's not a, a complete gag order. Uh, I believe the order states all interested parties in this matter, including the parties and their counsel are prohibited from making any public statements or directing others to make any public statements that target one, the special counsel prosecuting this case or his staff. Two, defense counsel or their staff. Three, any of this court staff or other supporting personnel. And four, any reasonably foreseeable witness or the substance of their testimony. So it's a, it's a, it's a very specific gag order as to those topics. Uh, so and no name calling. So no name calling. You can't, you can't be going, oh, the judge is a ninny. Um, and the, any witnesses that may be called. This, that's, I think, the interesting part. So let me ask you if, um, the prosecutor at the behest of Tish James brings up, um, someone that, that Trump has no respect for, Michael Cohen or somebody like that. I, and I'm not saying he's part of this case. I'm just doing a, a hypothetical. Right. But Trump rolls his eyes and it gets asked about it in front of a camera and goes, Oh, not that guy again. That guy's a liar. He can't trust anything that guy says. This gag order would prevent him from being able to say that. Correct. So that would be a, a direct violation of this particular gag order. What if, what if someone violates a gag order that a judge has issued? What is the typical, uh, recourse for that? Uh, typically there's sanctions and that may be monetary sanctions. There may be, uh, if, if a certain piece of evidence, uh, or testimony is commented on in some way, which would be, uh, requiring a drastic remedy, you know, a party may be precluded from bringing a certain piece of evidence or, or witness or testimony in. That would be a very drastic measure. There would have to be significant prejudice. Okay, by for the that. sake of time, let me yeah. follow up with that real quick. Sure. Um, so. It, we already know that this judge greatly undervalued Mar-a-Lago in the, in the kind of fact-finding of the case. He said it's worth 18 million. The undeveloped piece of property that's half its size right next to it is worth 200 million. And that easy estimates say that Mar-a-Lago is probably worth a billion, billion five, something like that. Can Trump say, can, can he draw attention to the fact that the judge did a terrible job of estimating the value of that property as it relates to the substance of this case? Because he has talked about that in interviews directly, and I'm wondering if it was like the embarrassment of all that that may have caused the judge to say, uh, no, we're going we're gonna to put a gag on it. Yeah, so that w- I would think that would be a violation pursuant to this language, right? Because it's... It, it Even be if a- it's factually in the the record that that the judge is wrong you just can't say it at this time uh, would this if this order was in place he would not be permitted to make that comment because it's wow. and I think that falls into three any of this court staff or other supporting right. personnel including the judge right so um th- it, I would argue that that would if I was looking to enforce this gag order mm-hmm. I yeah. would say that that violated that gag order is this gag order a basis for appeal on Trump's part 
You know, so what would be the consideration? There, well, first, Kevin, there's... Let's take a break and yeah. come back. Let's He's Imran, I'm Kevin. Uh, it's Legal Night, and it's getting interesting. Stay here. Kevin McCullough, wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet. You need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best. Period. (laughs) So tune in, Eye on Real Estate. Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate. Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Get ready for a special evening as AM 970 celebrates all things Broadway. On Friday, October 20th, AM 970 will be coming to you live from Times Square as the Radio Night Live Fun Friday team hosts our third annual broadcast for Broadway. Join me, Kevin McCullough, and New York's First Lady of Hospitality, Christine Nicholas. She's the CEO of Nicholas and Lentz Communications, along with Times Square's very own Tom Harris, president of the Times Square Alliance, for a very very special two-hour live broadcast with special guests from the hottest shows on Broadway and Times Square's fabulous restaurants, attractions, and more. Join us at the Brooklyn Deli in Times Square at 211 West 43rd Street on October 20th for a special edition of Radio Night Live. Or make sure to tune in to AM 970 from 7 to 9 p.m. on October 20th for a show you will not want to miss. See you then. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. We've been talking about Plaza College's court reporting program all year long. Well, Plaza College, on behalf of the New York State Court Reporters Association, is proud to announce this year's one-day convention, a Steno State of Mind. A Steno State of Mind is being held at the historic Eastern District Courthouse on Sunday, October the 22nd, from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Brooklyn, New York. This full-day event inside the famously historic courthouse will bring members of the court reporting community, working reporters, and students together for six seminars celebrating this high-powered profession. You know what that means? Working court reporters, you will earn six NCRA-approved CEUs and the latest industry insight. For more information and to view the exciting agenda, visit nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Again, register today at nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Get yourself in a steno state of mind. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com, iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am970theanswer.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Call in to the Joe Piscopo Show and let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca Raton. Your show is, in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show. You guys put together a team. I love your show. and Everybody's beautiful. We're very fortunate to have a great American story. Joe Piscopo. Uh, Joe Piscopo. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Our hosts, tell them like it is. No safe spaces here. AM 970, The Answer. Of all the boys, boys, boys. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. Of all the boys I've known and I've known some. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad to have you with us. He's Imran Ansari. Uh, it's extraordinary lawyer and uh, legal journalism personality. He's all over the place. You see him on all court channels and all kinds of cases and everything else, and we're very, very lucky to get to sit down with him once a week. Um, Imran, we were talking about the gag order, and I think 
well, I'm I, I, I'm not under the gag order, so I can say this. There's been a lot of things about this judge that has seemed a little kooky in this in this case. Um, and he's, he seems to be like making assessments about like Florida real estate value and this kind of stuff. And knowing the former president, number 45, kind of has a very low tolerance for imbeciles. Um, I can see where, uh, if you think that this judge is, is an imbecile, that you'd probably be tempted to say that out loud. And he probably did, hence probably causing this gag order to go into place. And maybe it was because he was talking about other people too, Tish James or the prosecutor or whoever. But what I was asking you about as we were going to break, if the judge has said genuinely goofy things, like Mar-a-Lago is only worth $18 million when it's worth a billion, let's just say rough round numbers, and uh, Trump went out to the press and said after the first day, look, he's doing this, this is a sham of a case, blah, 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 and then he slaps a gag order on it, does that gag order become some layer or some part of the conversation if an appeal is to be had following the finding at the you know final stage of this case well kevin i would say that the i mean the, the gag order is a unique order it's not necessarily going to the merits uh, of what is happening in court um it's and really arguably has nothing to do with the final determination exactly it, in fact the essence or nature of a gag order is to limit statements outside of court right so it's 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 looking uh, outside of the courtroom and what can or can't be said outside of the courtroom rather than inside could uh trump and his team challenge the gag order they could challenge a gag order if um, if there is any sort of undue prejudice to Trump uh, within the case itself or if it's limiting his First Amendment right uh, you know freedom of speech I think that would also be a, an ability to take it up on a constitutional basis and argue that the gag order is overbroad it's too restrictive there's a lesser restrictive means in order to maintain the sanctity of the, the proceedings uh, within the courtroom uh, with Without the gag order, there's various grounds that he can challenge something like this. But typically, uh, a, an appellate court would look at a gag order and not necessarily disturb it, and, and because it's somewhat in the discretion of the trial court judge, right, 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 uh, to you know to to maintain the order of his or her courtroom in the way they see fit. Bottom line, even if it is an act of prejudice against a litigant, it's not likely to impact the outcome and if the outcome needs to be appealed the basis for that appeal is going to be based on things that are totally unrelated to the gag order and in fact might be one of the reasons why the gag order was put in place maybe the judge didn't want certain things told etc cetera, etc cetera. but at the end of the day the gag order is just a tool and it's not it's not really going to uh, sway one way or the other it might demonstrate prejudice but it might not but it likely has nothing to do with what a, an appeal based process would be based on yeah, correct. For the the actual case itself. Now, Donald Trump may may find a ground to attack it again on a constitutional basis, say that he's being sort of muted. But why would you? Yeah. I mean, if you were his advisor, you probably are not even advising him to worry about it. Like, oh. l- let's just follow it, get through the merits of the case, and deal with that on its own. Absolutely, I would be telling him his comments as to certain you know uh, individuals and characters involved. Don't call in the litigation. judge a ninny. Exactly. Yeah, I, I would be saying, please do not go on, on, on record, especially in a case like what's going on in, in New York. Right. You know, there's, there's no jury. Who's making the ultimate decision, Kevin? It's the judge. It's you the goofy want, judge. Yeah. That's right. right. <laughs> you, you know, so you want to win that case on the basis of merits or defend it, right? On the basis of the merits of the defense, right. uh, rather than going out there on, you know, truth social or something like that and, 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 you know, name calling. If I was his attorney, I would say, you know, Mr. Trump, let's just put that aside. I know that's in you. That's your character. That's your nature. You like doing that. But as your lawyer, I'm going to say, let's fight this fight in the courtroom. Yeah, no, it's, it, it makes total sense. Uh, but thanks for explaining it to us, because I think a lot of people probably had the same questions. All right, let me shift gears. Um, and this is this is difficult to talk about, because there are very sensitive feelings on all sides of this story. And I want to I want to make it very clear what I am and am not asking about. Um I want to say for the sake of my listeners that I do not see the conflict in Israel right now as an equally equitable conflict on both sides. I think that what Hamas, specifically Hamas, not the Palestinian people, but Hamas as a terror group, 
pulled off nine, ten days ago was heinous and deserves every bit of retribution for the people that were involved and their capacity to ever do that again needs to be, in my opinion, destroyed and done away with. You gotta get rid of all the hidden missiles. You gotta get rid of all the missile launchers. You gotta, you gotta find all the guys that did those raids. You know, I saw a video last night. I hate to even bring it up, but it was, it was one of the most awful things I've ever witnessed involving a pregnant woman and how the Hamas terrorists were treating her um, after they captured her and took her hostage. Just despicable. Um, having said that, there is a lot of discussion about a growing what appears to be preparation for a ground invasion by Israel to go into Gaza and find these weapons and get rid of the, these these tools that they have. And with that comes all the protests that we're now seeing from the Capitol building, Rashida Tlaib, everything else. And they're all saying basically that the both sides are equal and that Israel's overreacting and that, you know, a ceasefire is what needs to happen, blah, blah, blah. I don't agree with any of that. But having said that, we are at a state of war. You have two entities that are uh, attempting to eliminate the other and to try to, um, you know, establish objectives. Israel, if they laid their guns down tomorrow, they would probably be annihilated. If uh, Hamas laid its guns down tomorrow, they could have peace. There, there would be that, that's how simple it would be. But that's not what's happening. We're on a war footing. And in every war we see, there's always this question of, is there such a thing as a lawful way to conduct war and given that you're the smartest attorney i know (laughs) i thought i would ask you you know it's the easy it's the softball tonight imran when we come back from this break um but we've got about 60 seconds here but when we come back from the break you can delve into and give us the the real universal key answer to this is there a lawful war but what is your what is your understanding of international laws that govern warfare and is it even possible to have what's called a lawful war yeah, in, in short answer, and we can expand on it after the break. Kevin, you know, there is a body of law which governs, uh, the sort of act of warfare between two nations or two entities. Uh, often those are disregarded because unfortunately wars is an ugly thing and there's often collateral damage, loss of life, innocent life, um, which is why war in all forms is horrific. Um, and, uh, but there is a body of law which is out there, um, with the UN, the ICC, and, and we can expand on that after the break, which which is set to govern that. And but it's a tricky situation. All right, um, and I appreciate Imran's uh, taking this on uh, because you know we live in we live in tough times, and these are tough conversations. But where better to get straight answers than right here? And so we're we're glad to provide them for you. Coming right back, it's Legal Night. He's Imran. I'm Kevin. Don't go anywhere. I'm Keith Peters reporting. Refusing to drop out, Republican Representative Jim Jordan is telling GOP colleagues he's still running for House Speaker. But he says he would back a temporary speaker for several months until January as he works to shore up support to win the gavel himself. However, neither plan seems viable at the moment after Jordan failed on two ballots and no immediate third vote is planned. Jordan delivered his message Thursday at a closed-door meeting of Republicans at the Capitol. President Biden will address the nation from the Oval Office at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the war between Israel and Hamas, as well as the Ukraine conflict with Russia. Mr. Biden just returned from the Middle East after expressing strong support for Israel's right to defend itself. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 250 points. More details at srnnews.com. Sponsored by Route 22 Toyota Service Department. If you're tired of dealing with dummies, go experience the smart way to service your Toyota. 
Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com The Joe Piscopo Show. Mornings 6 to 10 on AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala, and Bay Ridge Honda is kicking off October's spooky season with scary savings so low, you'll scream. Bay Ridge Honda is your family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, serving the five boroughs. You can browse from over 200 new Honda vehicles, like the all-new Honda Civic, CRV, and HRV, ready for you to drive home today, and over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Program at their 2022 President's Award winning dealership. And right now, get 0% APR financing and zero down payment on select new 2023 Honda models all month long. Plus, receive $1,500 when you turn in your trade or lease when you purchase your next car with Bay Ridge Honda. Even if you don't buy a car from Bay Ridge Honda, they want to buy your car from you. So visit Bay Ridge Honda at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com that's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Get ready for a special evening as AM 970 celebrates all things Broadway. On Friday, October 20th, AM 970 will be coming to you live from Times Square as the Radio Night Live Fun Friday team hosts our third annual broadcast for Broadway. Join me, Kevin McCullough, and New York's First Lady of Hospitality, Christine Nicholas. She's the CEO of Nicholas and Lentz Communications, along with Times Square's very own Tom Harris, president of the Times Square Alliance, for a very special two-hour live broadcast with special guests from the hottest shows on Broadway and Times Square's fabulous restaurants, attractions, and more. Join us at the Brooklyn Deli in Times Square at 211 West 43rd Street on October 20th for a special edition of Radio Night Live. Or make sure to tune in to AM 970 from 7 to 9 p.m. on October 20th for a show you will not want to miss. See you then. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. And now, from New York, back to Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, Kevin McCullough, glad you're with us. He's Imran Ansari. It's legal night, so, you know, we're talking about all things legal. And um, if you if you study... You know, many of the wars that have happened in history, people will tell you the, generally the, the following gist. The purpose of war is to kill people and to break things. The purpose of law, for the most part, is to protect people and to protect things. You, you actually have a, you know, most, most governance of law deals with protecting human beings from bad behavior, be it burglary, rape, murder, etc., uh, and to protect private property. That's what about 90% of our law governs. Um, war does the exact opposite. It's designed to humiliate, hurt, murder, kill people, and to break things that the other side has. When we're looking at Ukraine, when we're looking at um, Gaza right now, you're seeing a couple of different versions of war be carried out. And the question has, you know, emerged as it's going to in the, in the media. What is lawful warfare? Uh, Imran Ansari has had the bravery to try to answer this for us in the next six minutes. So, <laughs> Imran, so, do your best. <laughs> sure. So, Kevin, let me break it down um, in the most simple form I can. Uh, so I'm going to spit some Latin out uh, at you right now. So there's um, a term which is use ad bellum. Use ad bellum is a Latin term which governs um, the conditions under which a state may resort 
to war or the use of armed force in general. So basically, that's the body or notion, body of law or legal theories in international law, which would allow a state to essentially defend themselves or engage in armed conflict. The other Latin term is use in bello, and that would be the bodies of law or rules that would be um, that are set to for for a, a nation or a state uh, to follow during war. So that's the set of law or rules that you have to follow once you are actually engaged in warfare. Um, the UN. Uh, and the UN Charter is the body of law, let's just say, that embodies use in bellum, use ad bellum and use in bello. It's tricky, and often you have one side accusing the other of war crimes, or people looking at a war, uh, uh, you know, warfare from the outside and saying, you know, this party did this, this party did that. And that constitutes a war crime. Um, let's just break down what's happened in Israel and Gaza. Hamas, terrorist organization, uh, infiltrated Israel, uh, went and uh, conducted themselves horrifically, did uh, a number of acts of war against uh, innocent uh, civilians in Israel. Yeah, and I think and also, that's important. It's not they didn't attack military people or military installations. They went after the civilian population itself. Right. And and you know, let's and, and if they did attack um, military outposts or what have you, and I think they did, it wouldn't change the equation. The next statement I'm gonna make. Okay. That would give that would be an act of war. It would allow under the use ad bellum uh, sort of set of, of laws for Israel to engage in defense of, of itself uh, and also to uh, engage in, in taking out the threat, right? But once you get into that uh, warfare, uh, then you have to, there's the law of proportionality, which is also an international law concept, which, which is implemented in, in war. And that would be under the use in bellow concept, right? Body of law. So once you are reacting and engaging warfare, it has to be proportional and you have to follow a set of rules, right? That's why you hear, uh, you know, not only in the, in the conflict in Israel, but in other areas and other past conflicts, accusations of using like, so let me, let me pause there yeah. because we could do an entire series on, on right. this concept alone. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll come back and, and take it one step at a time. But just this concept of whether or not a war is allowed to be engaged in and then how, how it's governed once it's started. Would the invasion of Ukraine and would the infiltration of Hamas, one by Russia, one by Hamas, those would be violations of the peace, right? I mean, that, that's, they're, you're starting something. Right. You're going across the line and you're firing on people and yeah. taking, you know, breaking things and killing people. Yeah. Again, that's, that's what war does. It kills people and breaks things. Were those not considered criminal acts when they engaged them, when they initiated them first? Yeah, I would I would say so, but it's an act of war. So right now you have thrown the first punch, right? Um, and whether it be Russia invading Ukraine or ha- Hamas uh, growing across the border and conducting acts of war and warfare, now you you have you can elicit a response from the other side, and they are fully within their right under the Geneva Convention, the UN Charter, uh, to to def- respond. Once yeah. you respond, you have to respond with proportionality, and that's what really what what breaks my heart uh, are seeing the images of the innocent people in Israel uh, because of Hamas acts, but also the Palestinian people and the innocent children and and uh, Palestinian people who are who are now also suffering because of Hamas's act of warfare. Yeah, right. Not the non Hamas yeah. Gazan are as innocent in all of this as as you know the Israelis and there's going to be a lot of people in both of those groups that are going to end up dying. Right. When we come back we're going to talk with our friends at Plaza College about the incredible opportunity that court reporting is and then when we come back from that uh, Esquire Etiquette with that, the one the only Imran Ansari superstar here on Legal Night. Stay with us. <laughs> 
Hi, Kevin McCullough. We've been talking about Plaza College's court reporting program. Well, Plaza, on behalf of the New York State Court Reporters Association, is proud to announce this year's one-day convention, a Steno State of Mind. A Steno State of Mind is being held at the historic Eastern District Courthouse on Sunday, October 22nd, from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Brooklyn. This full-day event inside this famously historic courthouse will bring members of the court reporting community, working reporters, and students together for six seminars celebrating this high-powered profession. You know what that means. Working court reporters, you will earn six NCRA-approved CEUs and the latest industry insight. For more information and to view the exciting agenda, visit nyscra.org slash 2023 Fall Convention. Again, register at nyscra.org slash 2023 Fall Convention. Get yourself in a steno state of mind. I am excited to announce the Officer Tatum store, my store, all the cool merch, everything that you're looking for, godly merch, patriotic merch, pro-police merch, it's all on the Officer Tatum store. All you have to do when you go to theofficertatumstore.com, put in discount code Team Tatum, you get 20% off the entire store. If you are looking for a gift for Christmas and you're Christmas shopping early or you just want a gift for your mama, your daddy, especially your daddy, if you love your father, I know that my father was an incredible impact. We have Father's Matter shirts, we got mugs, we got hoodies, I mean, you can name it. We got leather patch hats, great quality. Quality, leather made right here in the great state of Arizona, U.S. made. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not want to miss out on this special. 20% off. And we have incredibly fast shipping. Ladies and gentlemen, we fulfill our products within 24 hours and we put shipping out. Sometimes people get their stuff the same day or the next day. 20% off on the store. All you got to do is put in Team Tatum. Put in Team Tatum, you get 20% off the entire store. Or you could text Brandon to 53445. Text Brandon to 53445. Ladies and gentlemen, the greatest store on planet Earth, the Officer Tatum store. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Dennis Prager says we are lacking something today. Why do people believe Hamas? If in World War II, the Nazis had made a, a statement and the Allies had made a counterstatement, would people assume that the Nazi statement was true? Why does the same common sense not apply today? And there is an answer because our moral compass is broken today. The Dennis Prager Show. Weekdays at 1, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3, on AM 970. The answer. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand. And while you're there, Read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. AM 97, The Answer. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. What a little moonlight can do. Back to Kevin McCullough, live from New York. What a little moonlight. All right, Kevin McCullough, you know, on Thursdays, we tend to skew a little bit towards the legal end of things, and I'm so pleased that Plaza College of uh, New York has uh, come alongside and decided that they were going to be a sponsor of these discussions. And one of the really fun things I love about Plaza College is that they are helping people find careers that some people didn't even know they wanted to do, that didn't even know that it could be um, fun to do. And I'm talking, of course, about court reporting. I've learned a lot about it in the last year uh, in our discussions with different people from Plaza College. But somebody who uh, probably knows the profession as well as anybody professionally that we could bring on is my next guest. Uh, Anthony Frizzalone joins us, uh, and he is a he is the chief court reporter for the Eastern District of New York, and he joins us. Uh, Anthony, it's good to have you with us. Um, 
Thank you, Captain. You, you work uh, in a pretty big court um, situation. I mean, the, the Eastern District handles a lot of big cases. How long have you been doing it, and what brought you to the profession of court reporting? So my total time in the court reporting profession is, it'll, uh, as a matter of fact, it'll be 30 years in February. So I started in 1994, uh, right out of school. And uh, I've been with the federal court. It'll be 19 years in December. Well, and wh- the the idea that took you there was what? Well, while I was in high school, I, I went to a, a Catholic high school in the Bronx, and uh, the the religious order was focused on education. And so I thought I had a calling to become a teacher. And I have, you know, a, a very dear aunt of mine. She was a, a assistant principal in the public schools and worked her way up through the teaching ranks. And we had talked. And, and then one day, my uncle, her brother, who was a supervising court clerk in criminal court in Manhattan, said to me, what do you want to become a teacher for? You know, and this was back in the early 90s when <laughs> teachers weren't really making a high salary and, you know, still don't. And he said, why don't you come down to the courthouse? So I went, so I went one day on my day off from school with him he showed me around you know all the different job titles and and at the basically the end of the day i met the core reporters and, and so when i sat down with them and they started talking to me about the machine then it it started to make sense to me because i i come from a musical background i I'm, I'm, i play the drum since i was 14 and it, it reminded me of seeing behind a musical instrument and especially when the reporters started talking about theory and reading your notes and you know it all clicked like hey this is like reading music and you know you're performing in front of people so it, it was very comfortable for me and i basically looked at them and i'm like all right so where do you go to school and they said right up on broadway and at the time the core reporting school um plaza college's predecessor actually um was right there on broadway and I said, this is perfect. I grew up in the Bronx. It was a train ride down on the number six line. And it was just, it just all made sense. It was a perfect fit. And so I graduated high school in 91 in June. And three months later, I started my call. Wow. Yeah. Um, so in 30 years, uh, hence, you're still doing it. What do you love about it? You know, I love working with, well, I love working with the people, uh, the, the, the staff of core reporters, whether it's been here at the Eastern District or my previous assignments in state court. They're all wonderful people and they all come from very diverse backgrounds and, and, and they make the job interesting just, you know, in the office. In the courtroom, again, I need all types of lawyers, you know, whether it's from the civil side, the criminal side, you know, they're, they're amazing people. Um, you know, and, and no one, and no day is exactly like the other. You know, this isn't like some office jobs where it's the same paperwork, it's the same sort of routine. I, I could have a gun possession case on Monday and have another one on Tuesday with a totally different fact pattern. And, and, and it's just all sorts of interesting again. Yeah. You know, and, and, and so like no, no day is exactly the same. And, that's what keeps me coming back. I mean, and then, you know, were course, you interested the, in, uh, in legal crime, you know, crime dramas, stuff on TV, uh, criminal mysteries, mystery books? Did, I mean, did you have a kind of a uh, of a taste for this kind of universe before you started? Um, I mean, I read, you know, I mean, I read some Hardy Boys. Um, you know, of course, I grew up in the era of like when Law and Order was new right. and Ellie Law. I, I watched them, but I wasn't like like some people who watched them religiously. And so it was there. I, I think it was more that like my uncle would come home or I'd go to his house and, and we would talk and he would talk about different cases. And that made it interesting. And then, of course, like in high school, I took a business law class where we talked about the legal system. And so there was that little part of me that was like, oh, you know, this could be interesting. Yeah. You know, um, and of course. But something different every day. And you you, would, you would have no idea day to day just how interesting it would be. Uh, we're speaking with Anthony Frizzalone, uh, who is the chief court reporter for the Eastern District of New York. And he uh, is a friend of Plaza College. Um, we've been talking about their school of court reporting. And, of course, they graduated another class of reporters this last year. Um, Anthony, talk. Talk about the training and the education, how long it takes, and how quickly someone could really start seeing a change in their life. Well, school is supposed to be like two years, the, the actual program. So you, so um, within two years, you could be out working. Again, th- this is a skill 
And so people acquire skills at different levels. Right. And, and at different rates of speed. So like for myself, I went, you know, to school full time, right? I was, you know, so I graduated from high school and went to this full time. And it took me two and a half years. And, you know, you, you do get, we, we call it stuck, but that, that's probably like not really the right word. It's really more making that mind body connection. And so like once I made those connections, I flew through school. So it, it was just a matter of just overcoming whatever was going on and, and getting through it. But I was hired. I graduated in February of 94. I think I was hired by a, a core reporting firm like in November. So I had a job waiting for me. <laughs> yeah. And well, and that's <laughs> as we speak with the, the folks at Plaza and some of the uh, graduates, that is increasingly the case. The need right now, friends, for those of you listening, um, is huge, not not only in the courts, but in the private sector. Anthony Friz, uh, Frizzalone, thank you so much for uh, jumping on with us. I think it's just helpful. You know, you, you mentioned getting to meet the court reporters for the first time and kind of hearing them talk about it. I think that that, as much as anything, helps uh, – uh, the people that listen to me understand the, the opportunity and the value here just to hear people like yourself that have done it for 30 years and really enjoy it. Uh, and friends, you could start, you could start a whole new chapter of your life. Uh, go to plazacollege.edu. That's plazacollege.edu and click on the court reporting program and get started. And they've got a two week kind of mini, mini course that you can start with that is absolutely free right there on the website, plazacollege.edu and get started today. Anthony Frizzalone, thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin, for having me on. Thank you, you very it. much. Hi, right, Kevin McCullough. We've been talking about Plaza College's court reporting program. Well, Plaza, on behalf of the New York State Court Reporters Association, is proud to announce this year's one-day convention, a steno state of mind. A steno state of mind is being held at the historic Eastern District Courthouse on Sunday, October 22nd from 8.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. in Brooklyn. This full-day event inside this famously historic courthouse will bring members of the court reporting community, working reporters, and students together for six seminars celebrating this high-powered profession. You know what that means. Working court reporters, you will earn six NCRA-approved CEUs and the latest industry insight. For more information and to view the exciting agenda, visit nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Again, register at nyscra.org slash 2023 fall convention. Get yourself in a steno state of mind. Kevin McCullough, get ready for a special evening as AM 970 celebrates all things Broadway. On Friday, October 20th, AM 970 will be coming to you live from Times Square as the Radio Night Live Fun Friday team hosts our third annual broadcast for Broadway. Join me, Kevin McCullough, and New York's First Lady of Hospitality, Christine Nicholas. She's the CEO of Nicholas and Lentz Communications, along with Times Square's very own Tom Harris, president of the Times Square Alliance, for a very special two-hour live broadcast with special guests from the hottest shows on Broadway and Times Square's fabulous restaurants, attractions, and more. Join us at the Brooklyn Deli in Times Square at 211 West 43rd Street on October 20th for a special edition of Radio Night Live. Or make sure to tune in to AM 970 from 7 to 9 p.m. on October 20th for a show you will not want to miss. See you then. Urgent Camp Lejeune settlement message. On September 6th, the government announced it will soon begin providing fast, guaranteed settlements to Camp Lejeune Marines, families, and civilians. Awards will range between $100,000 and $550,000, with an option for higher amounts. If you or a loved one spent time at Camp Lejeune and suffered cancers of the bladder, liver, or kidneys, leukemia, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's, or kidney issues, you may qualify for compensation and could be paid within 60 days after accepting your settlement with your VA benefits fully protected. You may be entitled to a significant financial award for your Camp Lejeune claim, but you must act now. Call the James Harris Law Camp Lejeune helpline now to get the compensation you deserve. We're already fighting for thousands harmed by the water at Camp Lejeune. Call now or you may forever lose your right to be awarded a settlement between $100,000 and $550,000. For your free evaluation, call 800-299-7878. That's 800-299-7878. 800-299-7878. 
Baltimore, from New York, Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, final few minutes, and uh, Imran, the hour has flown by. Uh, thank you, as always, for letting us pick your brain. I know that, you know, you don't normally let us do it for free. Thank you for giving us the friends and family discount here at Radio Night Live. Um, Esquire etiquette. Uh, give us something that, that we need to think about, know, understand to make our legal lives better. Sure. So uh, the Esquire etiquette of this week, uh, I will bounce it off of something I was in court for, for a uh, relatively well-known client who I will remain uh, nameless for this. There's purpose. a gag order in self-imposed, yeah, but yeah. you're not going to talk about it. Self-imposed, self-imposed. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, but what I was in court for, uh, for this particular client, uh, this individual is facing a substantial judgment uh, after a trial verdict. Uh, and now there's the big question of how this plaintiff can collect and whether a trust can be pierced and certain assets within a trust uh, is, is uh, you know, fair game for collecting on a judgment. How is this going to affect your everyday listener uh, that I'm speaking to now in this Esquire etiquette? Well, it's uh, a, a, a tale of caution uh, and just some advice that you should make sure if you have assets that you do uh, a substantial or, or, or your due diligence in planning to protect those assets. You may be incorporating a piece of property. You may be creating a trust uh, that, uh, you know, holds certain assets such as property or whatnot. But you need to make sure that your wealth and your finances and your property and assets are protected legally because if you ever are facing a judgment for whatever reason, you may be seeing these assets uh, uh, now attacked. If you protect it in certain ways, legally, under the law, you may be able to uh, protect certain assets from judgment. Uh, and that's why it's always wise to speak to an attorney who could help you plan your uh, trusts or estates and whatnot in order to safeguard your assets in the event that you're facing a judgment. Well, that is certainly well said. And, of course, Mike Connors, who sponsors this show every single week, uh, is the number one trust attorney that I would turn to uh, in this uh, situation. And if you have not reached out, Connors and Sullivan, they do the, they do amazing work. Uh, but they protect you. They get you papered up so that it is done the right way. And then when uh, when the worst, worst happens that Imran's describing, you're able to be protected and to have confidence in that. Uh, 718-238-6500, I believe, is the phone number off the top of my head. 718-238-6500 for Connors and Sullivan. And I will say Connors and Sullivan are proudly endorsed by Idala, Bertuna, and Cammons, and Imran Ansari. Like, all those guys over there say, yep, Connors knows what he's doing. So that's that's pretty cool to have the number one civil litigator and criminal firm in New York City embracing the uh, the uh, trust uh, and uh, end-of-life firm. Uh, that's you can't, It doesn't get any better than that. So call him today, 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. Imran, great show tonight. Thank you so much, and we will delve deeper into the uh, the law of, of war in the weeks to come and also, also uh, you know, keep our eye on what's going on week to week. But go get a little bit of rest and then get back to work because I know you've got a pile of it. Yep. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> you got Great it. Being on. Kevin McCullough, join me tomorrow night for the Fun Friday edition and our big live remote at Brooklyn Deli, uh, 7 to 9 on air. Uh, come and see us. We'll be there 6 to 9 uh, at the Brooklyn Deli, Christine Nicholas and company. It's going to be all about Broadway. You don't want to miss it.